the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hello. Happy Monday afternoon to you. Chilly and... uh Kind of gray and cloudy as it is, isn't it? <laughs> Boy, where'd summer go? It wasn't that long ago. I'm not sure what's happened. Right? I mean, two weeks ago, was it less than two weeks? I was outside sweating and all hot and wearing a pair of shorts. Not unlike, you know, in a flannel pajamas and a cup of tea in my hands. What I the was heck? Getting ready to go to work and, uh, all of a sudden, I had to put on a flannel shirt. Mm, I told you. Did you get the yeah, text? Yeah, I got the text after I was already on my way. Oh. You said it's cold in it here. It is cold in here. What? But I was already on the same page mm-hmm. because I thought I, I need a flannel shirt. Yeah, yeah. Which is, <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, I do like it, no, but I don't I know. like it. You know I what I mean? Know. I like it. I Have you made the try? I was looking. No, at the clothes transfer. Yeah. No, 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 no. I am nowhere ready for what? that. What? I am. No. What are you? We're we're not to that point. Oh, we're not to that point. I'm I mean, ready. I keep my flannel shirts around, so I didn't have to get a couple. Of I things. didn't have to pack and unpack but those I mean, things, but. Oh, like shorts and t-shirts and stuff. I, oh no, no, there's going to be an Indian summer. Oh no, you think? Let's hope. Yes, there's going to be one. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not this year. Right? <laughs> and we're going to be eating outside, you know, on the okay. patio. Seventy-seven, I believe, a little later on this week. So well, that's pretty that's, warm. It. that's Indian summer. I'll yeah. take it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I don't. I, I think eighties Indian summer. Just to be. I, I, I hate to be technical. No, but that's in fine. my mind. It yeah. has to be 80. 85 will be even better, but, you know, such is life. It can be picky. Good weekend? Super good weekend, Excellent. John. We had a big birthday party for uh, my daughter, and then the very next day we had a family wedding. Very nice. Wait a second. This is weird. Uh, we <laughs> talked about this yesterday after church. Okay, your daughter's birthday was yesterday, but her actual birthday is really July. Yeah. So the birthday a, party was Saturday. So you had a birthday. In was July. Delayed. And then we decided to celebrate it yesterday. Here's the thing. She wanted all of her friends to be there, her best friends to be there. And uh, people were traveling on vacations and things. And so she said, I'd rather wait until everybody's here. Mm. So that's what we did. So So we waited until everybody's here. So it's been a really long birthday celebration. And then as people were leaving the party, I realized that we'd never opened the presents. (laughs) <laughs> thanks you guys so not Thank only you. not only do yeah. we have a party like two months delayed but we still haven't finished it that's right so that was very smart was that a bid for extra presence knowing that more would be there i don't she's not that kind she's not cunning like that yeah so i don't think so but she did get a small torrent she did get a, i don't know if anyone brought presents what but, but, you open, you I, but they're the it. ones from us oh okay yeah from her mom and dad because it was delayed did she get a little extra bump there were a couple of things like that. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. There you go. So maybe she's more strategic than I well, think. Maybe yeah. she's so strategic that, you, yeah. that I don't even think she's strategic. She's hidden all Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Yeah. Coming up on today's program in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll talk about church attendance and how it used to drive up trust. So if people were regular church attenders, 
then they would people, neighbors, family yeah, members would, tr- would trust them more. Apparently, it's no longer the case. It's a negative now. It's a backwards thing. Hmm. Ryan Burge will be on Eastern I... Illinois University to talk about that. Um, also, more millennials are signing prenups. <laughs> That's no surprise. I guess. I mean, it's like the trust factor. Right, right. I don't trust. Yeah, our marriage is going to last X amount of years, so I'm out of here. So here's my stuff. In the four o'clock hour, uh, it sounds like scientists think that mammals' time on Earth is coming to a close. Well, we got a little I mean, bit I don't of time. Mean like on Monday. <laughs> right. But... I mean, it is, you know, going to be winter soon. No, uh, it's like 250 million years. Yeah, so. We've got time. Yeah, so. Us and the lions and bears. We have to like maximize our time. Also, we'll talk about revival with Matthew Heverard. Mm -hmm. And um, Lego was making a foray into the green community, Mm -hmm. and they just backed right out of it. (laughs) So now the green communities matter at Lego than they would have been had Lego not tried in the first place. Right. I mean, Lego tried, but if anyone has had Legos, you know how those little hard plastic pieces... You know it at one in the morning, on, right, you on your yeah. way to the bathroom. They're saying, yeah, they're not going to hold up like the other ones did. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, there's much more to come All on right. today's right Hand. Very nice. Uh, well, I guess so. let's go straight to the news. All right. right. Well, we're going to the White House in just a little bit, but as we always do, Kath has the news headlines. Here's the top four at four. It is Monday, September 25th. Wait, Christmas is uh, three months away. Three months I away. I hate when you say that. Why do you hate when I say because that? It's, I'm just it's, counting it's down. It's anxiety inducing. Why is it anxiety? Because all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have to bake. It I, should have be to joyful. Get, I have to get the tree up. Hey, to... Christmas uh, is only three months away, you guys. Gosh, Come on, let's get ready. Good That's golly. all. Holy smoke. Number one. Here, here we go. The first American-made Abrams tanks rolling out on Ukrainian soil Ooh. as Ukrainian forces claim to have dealt a significant blow to the leadership of Russia's fleet in the Black Sea. According to CBS News today, uh, 31 M1 Abrams tanks promised by the Biden administration are the ones that um, Ukrainian forces were discussing. They are arriving months ahead of initial estimates and are the latest heavy weapons sent by the U.S. Ukrainian special forces are claiming Russia Russia's latest loss is the commander of its Black Sea Fleet. And uh, that's been confirmed by several sources. So far, there's no response from Moscow on that. Also, Russian forces are allegedly committing continuous war crimes in Ukraine, including rape and widespread systematic torture. That's according to the Independent International Commission of Inquiry on Ukraine. And that is a commission that is sponsored by the U.N. Human Rights Council. Read more about that at CBS and ABC. Horrible man's inhumanity. Yes, it is. Number two, Senator Bob Menendez, Democrat from New Jersey, says he won't resign from Congress. Mm. His defiant stance is, of course, making a headache for his fellow Democrats, where they're fighting to hang on to the very slim 51-49 majority in the Senate. Now, Menendez and his wife, Nadine, have been accused by federal prosecutors of receiving bribes starting back in 2018 from several businessmen in exchange for favors, including attempting to help influence the outcome of criminal cases and aiding Egyptian officials to obtain hundreds of millions of dollars in USA. Menendez says that he's the victim of people not liking Latinos. Oh, right, right. Wait, the, the family had envelopes of st- of cash stuffed in closets. He said those envelopes were for emergencies <laughs> and gold bars. They're for emergencies for people who have who have um, Latin heritage. Emergencies. Hey, the furnace is broken. I just grabbed one of those envelopes. Even even people of Latin heritage in the Senate were like, no, no, I don't think so. 
Number three, Matteo Messina De Nero, a convicted mastermind of some of the Sicilian mafia's most heinous slayings, died today in a hospital prison ward several months after being after being captured as Italy's number one fugitive. He was on the run for decades. Messina De Nero's death brings to a close the era of the Cosa Nostra crime syndicate depicted in the Godfather movies. There is an extensive report by CBS News. You can read it probably all over the web today. Um, he's reputed by investigators to be one of the mafia's most powerful bosses. He was 61 years old and he was living as a fugitive in western in western Sicily where he had a stronghold. He did that for much of his 30 years eluding law enforcement thanks to the help of complicit townspeople. And by complicit, I mean they were complicit because they were scared for their yeah. stinking lives. Held hostage. That's a bad guy. I mean, he's just a <laughs> really bad there's nothing romantic about the life of this criminal and what he did to the people of italy and of course the people around the world his need for colon cancer treatment is what led to his capture back in january and number four pendot and norfolk southern finalized an official agreement friday to bring an additional round trip for passenger train service between here and new york city amtrak now operates one daily round trip between pittsburgh and new york via harrisburg and philadelphia this agreement supports increasing that to two daily round trips and will mark the first additional passenger train service for western pa in more than two decades i mean i suppose that's good news i think it's really good news that's your top four for thank you do you know how long it takes to get to a train from from pittsburgh to new york well i I know from pittsburgh to lancaster it's six hours it's 12 hours it's a 12-hour trip from pittsburgh to new york you leave here at 7 30 in the morning and get in new york city around 8 p.m because you're always pulling off for here's the thing freight trains am i driving no you're not am i concerned about like going to the bathroom no you're finding uh do i you are sitting there i'll say that i've done this multiple many times i'm am i reading a book it's expensive listening to music yes you are am i driving nope see i feel like i don't need it i don't really care how long it takes would you do it yes interesting i'm thinking of doing it in november what why well, there's a band that I really love who's, in New York do, City. who's doing a show in uh, Brooklyn. Okay, so it's at least a four-day trip or so, wouldn't you say? Because a day to, to get up there, right. a day to see the band, a day to hang out, yeah. and then a day to come what back. About, what about if we just did a day to get there, a day to see the band, and a day to come back? I guess. I mean, the train is cool because you can walk around on the train, and if people, you know, ignore, you know, just annoyed by people, you can move to another seat. Can I bring my own snacks on the oh, train? Oh, yeah, of course you can. I can bring my, I can bring my... But you know what? The food on the train is not that bad. That, that, that can't be true. Not that bad. I can't believe it's that. It's like a Hot Pocket, but you know, what the heck. 101.5 WORD. Here's a preview of what's coming up this week from Chuck Swindoll. Don't try to get a lost person to clean up his life or her life. They have no power to do it. Uh, Vernon McGee used to say, God has not put us on this earth to clean up the fish bowl. He sent us here to fish. Hear Chuck Swindoll's brand new series called Living by Grace, this week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD.
Donald Trump warned America. The U.S. dollar is under attack and it's becoming less and less valuable by the day. Hyperinflation and speculation is killing your retirement. Don't leave your money sitting in cash. It's time you diversified and protected your future with physical precious metals. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000 and get your free digital dollar survival kit and learn how you could get up to $1,000 in free silver today. Call Advantage Gold now at 800-900-8000 to get your free digital dollar survival kit. And you may qualify for $1,000 in free silver. Advantage Gold is the number one rated gold and silver company in America. Your future is precious. Protect it today when you call Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000 now. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. That's 800-900-8000. Former CIA officer and survival expert Jason Hansen here. I teach people how to prepare for the unexpected. Right now, most Americans are not ready for the death of the U.S. dollar. You have money sitting in cash, and if you don't act soon, your financial future could be at risk. I have partnered with Advantage Gold, the number one rated precious metals company in America, to release my new digital dollar survival kit that's 100% free for everyone who calls today and claims your free survival kit. Simply call 800-900-8000 and give your email address, and I will have this new digital dollar survival kit sent to you immediately. Call 1-800-900-8000 now and claim your free kit, and also mention my name, Jason Hansen, and see how you could also qualify for $1,000 in free silver. Supplies are limited, so call right now before it's too late. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Ready to unite with believers across the country to bring hope and meals to hungry families throughout Latin America and the Caribbean? You're invited to be a part of Food for the Poor's free virtual We Are One national celebration Thursday, September 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern. This free live stream event will feature award-winning singer-songwriter Laura Story as God uses you to be an answer to families' prayers. Just text the word ANSWER to 51555 for more information for this unforgettable evening. As we are wont to do every Monday, we go right now to the White House where Greg Clugston joins us. Greg is the SRN News White House correspondent. Hey, Greg, a happy Monday to you. Back in the saddle again. Back in the saddle. Good afternoon. Hi, John, Kathy. Good to be here. Good to talk to you, Greg, as always. Um, let's start with New, Jer- New Jersey Democratic Governor Menendez, who says that um, his indictment is based on his Latin heritage and there's some kind of uh, iffy goings on in the prosecution. What do you say? Well, Senator Menendez today said that he is not going to be stepping down despite calls from even from some fellow Democrats, including the, the sitting governor of New Jersey would uh, what would like Menendez to step aside. He's accused of uh, receiving hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash and gold, possibly other items, including a, a car, uh, all to trade in on his uh, position of power and influence, uh, helping the government of Egypt, as well as three businessmen in New Jersey. Despite all of that, despite what the federal prosecutors put forward at the end of last week, including photographs of nearly a half million dollars of cash found in his house, stuffed in envelopes and in pockets of his uh, suit coats and jackets <laughs> and, uh, and and gold bars, not candy bars, gold bars. Mm. Um, 
So it's it's really sort of a stunning. I mean, a lot of people um, across the political spectrum when this information, when this news was revealed late last week, were pretty stunned at uh, what prosecutors had found. They, by the way, they confiscated these items in a court authorized search, not this summer, but the summer of 2022. So this mm. has been a long running and in-depth federal investigation. And we're just now learning the charges. Uh, Menendez is stepping down from his chairmanship of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. That's a powerful committee. But in terms of him leaving Congress, stepping down from his post in the Senate, he says he's not going anywhere. I mean, that's an amazing story, isn't it? And considering, I mean, all those packages of money hanging around the house and the gold bars, he said they were for emergency use, like, you know, the yeah. refrigerator goes on the blink or something. But, Greg, it's been a long time since there's been something as tawdry, you know, a long list of things. But this really is sort of is top of the heap. It is. And he's run into uh, problems before. He was he was uh, indicted several years ago on an unrelated uh, case. Uh, there ended up being a hung jury in that situation, and uh, there were no charges. I mean, he faced no uh, no penalties there. Uh, so he 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 was under the you know the scrutiny of of that indictment a number of years ago. There have been sort of these questions always sort of attached to him and how he goes about his business. But these you're right these uh, these sort of strike at a new level, and that's why you have even some Democrats who are saying. Wow, these, this kind of indictment with the kind of evidence brought forward by federal prosecutors, even before it goes to trial, has led them to say he really shouldn't be a part of the Senate anymore. And it's so cheap to claim some kind of ethnic bias. Right. You know, even uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was like, Give, come on. Like, you know, I, she said, you know, I've I've read the indictment. It certainly seems like this is a real situation, not some kind of bias. Um it's a blue state, though, New Jersey. Uh, that's how he's, you know, stayed mm -hmm. in for as long as he has. So what does that mean for the for the Senate Democrats who are holding on to a majority by the slimmest of margins? Well, if he were to to leave the post, if he were to step down, uh, the Democratic governor of New Jersey would appoint a replacement until the next, um, you know, to fill out the rest of the term. I can't remember if it's for one or two more years. But in any case, um, it, there would be another Democrat that would be appointed to that because there is a Democratic governor. So there wouldn't be any any real change in, in the makeup in terms of the political parties in the Senate right now. Mm -hmm. Greg Clugson is with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, you are speaking to a Pittsburgh audience. We are well aware and uh, <laughs> <laughs> divided, as you might expect, along the Fetterman rule. Mm -hmm. Please talk to us yeah. about this because when we see you in person at the White House and covering the Senate, you are always well appointed, which uh, people have just gotten used to. However, that is going by the wayside. It is. I mean, there's there's no denying that uh, the United States, if not the world, has has grown more casual in <laughs> when it comes to attire over the last number of years. Uh, but what really caught people by surprise here in Washington was the majority leader of the Senate, Chuck Schumer, has essentially done away with the dress code on the Senate floor. Now, this is not anything that's written in the Constitution. In fact, it's debatable as to whether there are actual rules that are written down. But it is a tradition in terms of the dress code, meaning that men would wear coat and tie and that women on the Senate floor would wear, uh, you know, dresses or, or, or pantsuits or the appropriate, you know, uh, equivalent of, of business attire. And that's always, you know, the way it's been in, in uh, you know, for decades and decades. Well, now that's going by the wayside. The Senate's official, uh, you know, sergeant at arms 
in the past, if someone walked, if for example, if if uh, if a senator, a male senator, walked onto the floor without a, a necktie on, the sergeant at arms would notify that senator that th- th- their dress was inappropriate, but did not stop them from voting or or participating in, in Senate floor activity. So it was sort of like a you know you got a, a verbal warning essentially. Uh, so there was there was never really any, you know, any penalty associated with it. But Schumer has said, OK, we're going to do away with it. And what's interesting is it only applies to the senators, the staff members, uh, interns and, and others on, on the Senate floor. They're still wearing uh, business attire. And so, of course, this gets back to your point there of Senator Fetterman. Uh, he was presiding over the Senate late last week after this uh, change in the rules took place. And there he was sitting uh, at the front of the United States Senate in a short sleeved shirt and um so it's it's just a real change here. There are Democrats and Republicans, uh, so it is bipartisan in some way, uh, uh, people who are expressing real discontent over this. In yeah. fact, they, they may even draw up some legislation to uh, to deal with the matter. So it's not going away anytime soon, but uh, it's a real change in terms of casual attire yeah. on Capitol Hill. I saw the statement from Joe Manchin, uh, I think it was Thursday or Friday of last week, where he detailed the amount of uh, money that the Senate presides over, uh, the number of decisions that impact the number of individuals and the number of countries and the number of, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, you know, the least we can do is maintain some semblance of comport (laughs) as we do all those things all due respect yeah i mean it just seems like you know they from my perspective senators get a lot of special treatment they work a limited number of days in a year and for crying out loud how hard is it to put on a shirt and tie right the guy looks like he's making tacos right yeah right it does does it just looks bad all the way around of course nobody asked our opinion but all of a sudden i just injected it into our uh (laughs) segment here with uh, greg clugston sorry wow greg okay so um so let's turn our attention then to uh what former president trump said in a live interview about his anti-abortion position or pro-life position, depending on how you want to look at it. He seems to have angered people who previously somehow thought that he was a real warrior for the pro-life cause. Right. In particular, Trump was uh, taking aim at Florida's six-week abortion ban, and he described it as a terrible mistake. Of course, uh, one of his contenders uh, for the GOP nomination is the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. That might have been part of the reason why uh, he was singling out the, the six-week abortion ban in Florida. There are other bans in, in other states across the country. But it's interesting because the the Trump campaign hasn't made it entirely a secret that they don't think that the abortion issue is necessarily a winning strategy for Republicans nationwide uh, in next year's election. So in that sense, it's not surprising maybe that Trump was expressing this. But uh, as you point out, Kathy, any number of pro-life leaders um, and uh, elected officials, pro-life organizations have weighed in. Uh, SBA Pro-Life America said anything later than a 15-week abortion uh, makes no sense. And Students for Life Action actually sent an open letter to Trump declaring that the pro-life vote is up for grabs following these comments from the former president. So um, pro-lifers are, are very disappointed in um, him taking, um, you know, ma- making those comments and essentially uh, saying that they don't think uh, that he doesn't think abortion is a winning winning issue right now. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see a little backlash because, uh, you know, the pro-life thing is really deeply important to so many believers uh, yeah. and to see the president. And they've overlooked a ton 
of stuff in Trump's personal and professional life to continue to vote for him for that cause. In the end, it probably won't mean a whole heck of a lot, though, right? I mean, that's just how things are. So uh, let's speak about the the, the presidential election, Greg. I mean, Wednesday evening will be a, a Republican debate, which is odd considering Donald Trump's lead over all the rest of the candidates um, by a huge margin. But still, people will gather and try to sort things out and show their positions on things. That's right. Uh, and once again, like in the first debate last month, uh, Trump was a no-show then. He's going to be a no-show this week, Wednesday, in Simi Valley, California. That's the the location, the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. Um, I'll be there uh, covering the debate for the Salem Radio Network. Uh, but you're right. It looks as if there are going to be six candidates qualifying to make it on the stage this time, uh, as opposed to eight last month. Um, but uh, but Donald Trump is not there. He's following through on his strategy that he doesn't feel with such a commanding lead in these early polls right now uh, that it makes much sense for him to be there. Now, the flip side could be, well, uh, you know, for example, take these pro-life comments that we just talked about. Uh, maybe maybe he should, uh, you know, answer to them or, or or take some questions to clarify his statement or better inform the public of his position. And other candidates would like to see him there so that they can sort of clarify uh, and maybe even make some some headway. But right now, the polls haven't changed a whole lot over the last few months in terms of uh, him losing any steam in these early states. All right, Greg, last question for you. Uh, today in Pittsburgh, it's, you know, upper 60s, uh, rainy, Cloudy. damp, kind of cold. Mm-hmm. I, I had to wear a flannel shirt because I just had to give into it. Um, but speaking of giving in, uh, John is willing to do the summer winter clothes switch. Mm-hmm. He says that Sooner. that now he's ready to do it. I feel like it's way too wow. early to it's make a commitment early. like that. And so we wonder where you fall down on this. Uh, I'm leaning with you there, Kathy. Really? Yeah. Way too early. See, yeah. Because he's sensible. It's too early. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're going to keep it, your shorts out. You're going to have some short sleeve shirts in the, you know, front I am. Of the I will. But you know what? I have to tell you, one of my favorite things to do when the weather is just right is shorts with like a long sleeve tee. So it's, oh. kind of a, it's kind of a hybrid. Very nice. It's a hybrid look. Right, so that right. you feel like that's the, that's where you're happiest? Right. I, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love summer and I mean, there are great aspects to fall, but the cold weather, you know, I can hold off on that. But right. uh, yeah, that's kind of a sweet spot for well, me. Listen, guys, when it gets cold and your knees are like chilly, don't come crying to me. That's, that's Greg Clugston hoping for hybrid Thank SRN you, News White House correspondent. Greg, good it'll to talk also, to you. Thanks. It'll also work on the Senate floor and on Capitol Hill. Uh, yes, it will. <laughs> Cast your vote now. Oh, it's Senators. the end of civilization. Let's gather and make some tacos while you're at it there on the Senate floor. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. Uh, we're, oh, we're talking about mammals and extinction? Yeah, that's oh, it. That's, pick me up. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, remodeling. Family owned and operated since 1984 and home of the lifetime workmanship and labor warranty and no money down. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com for details. If you trade stocks, then you know avoiding pitfalls is the biggest challenge for both new and experienced investors. Vantage Point's dual patented artificial intelligence provides a powerful solution to this problem by offering predictive accuracy, emotional neutrality, and diverse market forecasts for today's active traders. Vantage Point's AI analyzes billions of data points in seconds so you get highly accurate predicted market conditions for the next trading day. Take the emotion out of your trading. Text the word money to 813 813- 
813. Navigate the financial markets with confidence using AI. Text M-O-N-E-Y to 813-813 right now to learn more for free. Text MONEY to 813-813 to experience the benefits of AI in your trading. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting, you agree to the terms available at VantagePointSoftware.com and consent to receive calls and texts using automated technology about offers or info by or on behalf of VantagePoint. Your consent is not a condition to purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text the word MONEY to 813-813. At Easy Cater, we get it. Ordering food for work means you have to deal with this. Client meeting on Tuesday. Client wants Taco Tuesday. 19 people need vegan options. Our budget just got slashed. Meeting is now Monday. What about Mediterranean? Client still wants Taco. Claire has a nut allergy. Gluten free. Oh, Under budget. Tacos for a client meeting? Just use Easy Cater. Food for work delivered on time as ordered with a huge variety. 100,000 restaurants, one platform. Order 24 7 at easycater.com. What would you give for a child you loved to make their wish come true? to help them fight a critical illness. Just imagine what you'd do. You see, wishes are so powerful, and you can make them real. They can give a child back their childhood, even change the way they feel. Every single one of us can make the stars align, because when we come together, hope and joy will shine. Wishes need stars like you. Visit makeawish at wish.org. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. One hundred one point five W O R D F M Pittsburgh. Has your child swallowed your medicine, your laundry detergent, your nail polish remover? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you inhaled paint thinner, glue, pesticides? Call the Poison Helpline. Have a question about a dose, a fume, something your kid just drank? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Cloudy skies expected for tonight with a shower in spots. We'll reach a nighttime low of 58. A stray shower tomorrow, otherwise cloudy skies, high 66. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 56. Wednesday, clouds followed by a brightening sky. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 68. Thursday, cloudy skies with a shower in the area and a high of 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The grass withers, the flowers fade. Headline from today's New York Times says that um, mammals' time on Earth is half over. Mm. Now, depending upon young Earth, old Earth, where you are on that, a new model suggests that in 250 million years, all land will collide into a supercontinent that boosts warming and pushes mammals to death. <laughs> Okay. First of all, that's a cheery outlet. There we go. It's Monday, yes. after all. Wait, so we started as Pangea and we're going to end up as Pangea? Mm. I mean, not we, because we're going to be gone. But No, you mean, they here. say the sun's going to get increasingly closer, hotter, and that kills everything. Oh, but all the continents are going to... F- yeah, that's but, part of it, too. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's like a double whammy. Hot and squished. You know, I've got to be honest. That's, hot and squished. Kind of like tough. me with um, all my siblings in the back of the station wagon. <laughs> Would you guys get off me? It's like so close. It's so hot in here. Everyone's sweating. So uh, mammals have 250 mil left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. What do you think? Well, 
I mean, it's it. This is one of those things where. Wait, I shouldn't say. I'm. I should form it as a question. Is this one of those things where people are going to say, "Well, oh, it's settled science." No, oh, it's settled. It's not settled because it's this settled. is. Um, uh, researchers, I'm so sick of people saying it's settled science. This is not. Researchers build a virtual simulation of our future world, similar to the models that are projected. Um, Since various... we can't figure out what's going to happen Saturday, 250 million years in the future is pretty ambitious. That's pretty settled. Uh, a paleoclimate scientist at the University of Bristol, a man by the name of Alexander Farnsworth, Alexander Farnsworth, uh, he led the team, said that the planet might become too hot for any mammals. Might be to survive on land. The researchers found that the climate will turn deadly thanks to three factors. A brighter sun, a change in the geography of the continents, and increases in carbon dioxide. I mean, one of those things is going to get you. What? We got three coming <laughs> yeah. for us? No, right, for sure. And like, what? We're all worried about like, what? What anything. shoes I'm going to wear. Exactly. Right. Worried about anything. I think that's good news. I, because... It just goes to show how fragile we are and how short our time is here and how we get all upset about so many things. In in the end... It's a short life we have. It is a tiny span. life we have. So it's okay. It will just pass, right? Enjoy the time. At some point, I'm not saying not to be responsible because I think responsibility is Of course, I'm not saying be a blow off. But I think there is a line between being responsible for our imprint on the earth. A hundred percent. And thinking that we have control over these enormous planetary processes. I agree, yes. And I just, I, I think God has control over the planetary processes. At the same time, you know. Recycling. Recycling. Yeah, do your do your best. All the, okay. Do your best, but it all can't rely on human beings no, because doesn't. if it all re- relies on human beings, got nothing. Man, Wait a second. Screwed. If you want to laugh, uh, I want you to know that Jeff Allen's coming to Pittsburgh. Is that that's next Friday? Okay, oh that's my next gosh. Friday. That's next Friday, okay, October seventh. You got to get your tickets while you can. Yep. It's less than two weeks away. Are we there yet? Not yet. No, well, we're getting there. We really are. WordFM.com. We're going to be there. Uh, it's a fairly inexpensive night out for a date night. Please come and join us, and we're going to laugh. I mean, you know, we're not going to be telling the jokes. Jeff Allen is. He's a pro. So come and join us. Yeah, he'll be much than we oh, wait, Are you kidding me? Kidding me? We got nothing. Okay. Jeff Allen. Coming up next, Revival. Do you think about it? Is it something that you pray for? Is it something you plan on? We'll talk to Matt Efferhart about that next. Stay close. It's the ride home. One hundred one point five WORD. Doctor Charles Stanley. If our life is going to be effective, and if it's going to make any real difference, what we say and what we do and what we share must be done in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hear the series, Call to Be a Disciple, this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, an evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. 
Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 989898 and you're going to be blessed by taking action right now. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Because right now you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the average family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. Bottom line, it works. There's more than 400,000 members who have shared over $7 billion in medical bills so they can handle your bills too. And here's the thing. If you join before September 30th, you'll save another $150 on your first month when you join. Nice. I'll give you the number here in a second. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. And again, the deadline, September 30th. So call now and you'll save even more. 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic. Truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on local now channel 525. Remember last spring, there was great excitement in Christendom about Asbury mm-hmm. University, right? Where college kids by the hundreds, if not thousands, and then people who were loving the idea of being part of this excitement of revival streamed into this small university in Kentucky. So it really raised a question for a lot of people. What is revival? Can there be revival? Mm-hmm. And how do I become part of it? We're welcome um, to the airs right now. Uh, a friend of ours, Matthew Everhart, who joins us from RPTS, Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Matthew is also senior pastor at Gospel Fellowship in Valencia, Pennsylvania, and he's here to talk to us about revival. Matthew, thanks for coming along today. Hey, everyone. Very glad to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Uh, Matthew, when you heard about the uh, Asbury I was going to say Asbury Heights, the Asbury University Revival, Um, maybe the first glimmerings of it before you had even read too much about it. What did you think? Well, I had hope. You know, I think these things take a little bit of time to really determine if it's a genuine movement of God or not, or whether it's just, as they say, much ado about nothing. So, you know, hopefully God would be doing a bunch of uh, works around the nation, around the world, to stir up the cause of revival. So initially, optimistic. Excellent. So, yeah, no, go. Sorry, as a follow-up. And so then once you did read about first of all, did you visit? No, I did not. Didn't have a chance to get down there. Okay, but then after reading um, and, you know, kind of having your hopes uh, filled in the blanks, filled in by uh, knowledge and information, did you have different thoughts? Well, you know, here's the thing about revival. You know, the Lord loves to save. And when an individual gets saved, we call that regeneration. Uh, When a person uh, comes closer to Christ, we call that sanctification. And when the Lord does that at scale on, uh, you know, a larger, larger scale, then we call that a revival. 
And the scriptures say a lot about revival. So, of course, I was very optimistic about that. But the one thing that we have to keep in mind is that revivals really take time mm. to determine whether or not it's legitimate. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah. You know, the Bible mentions a number of revivals, uh, Jonah and Nineveh in Jonah chapter 3, the time of Josiah in Second Kings and Hezekiah in Second Chronicles 29. Of course, the whole book of, well, the whole book of Acts, really, and most of the New Testament tells us about the greatest revival ever, which is, of course, the day of Pentecost. So it just takes time to determine whether or not these things are legitimate. Right. So then, Matthew, a true revival might take years and years to form and then to run its uh, run run this whole arc of what it is what we're seeing here in asbury was just maybe six weeks or so and maybe Mm -hmm. uh something from that but you're saying a much longer time sweep well i think it's it's not necessarily as much time as it is what does it really produce so one of the persons that i've studied in history is jonathan edwards he was one who diagnosed the Great Awakening in 1740s, which is one of the, bo- the most well-known uh, revivals in America, he said there was five signs that a, le- that a revival was really legitimate. Four loves and one hate. He says if people really love God more, if they love man more, if they love the truth, if they love Scripture, and then especially if they learn to hate their sin, then those four loves and one hate are the distinguishing marks of what true revival really consists of. Fabulous. So have we ever had a revival here in America? Well, sure. You know, there's been a number of revivals throughout the world. Of course, in church history, we might think of the Reformation in the 1500s as being one of the most important of those. But uh, probably the most significant revival that happened here in America was that one that we call the Great Awakening And it really began to stir in about 1735 in a local church in Northampton with their pastor, Jonathan Edwards, the person that I just referenced. And then in the 1740s, it really broke out and spilled throughout all of the colonies. And its um, lasting results were so significant that it really truly serves as kind of a bellwether event for what a real revival might look like. Of course, even then, there were some things that were maybe just the stirrings of man, uh, you know, man's imagination of getting excited about certain things. But revival is really known by its fruit. Mm -hmm. This is something that we as believers cannot create. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, right? Absolutely. And that'd be the first sign of a real revival is that it's something that man cannot do in and of himself. It's not something that we can stir up by our own inventions or by our own ideas. You know, every once in a while I'll be driving down the road and I'll see a sign that says revival on a certain day or a certain month, you know, like they put it on the calendar. And as much as I appreciate that sentiment, a true revival is, of course, something that only the Holy Spirit himself can do. Yeah. I mean, you look at the world right now, we are certainly ripe for a revival. I mean, there's always hope for that. Yeah, I think so. And that's why we have to stay optimistic and we have to we have to pray for it, because we're certainly in a time and place where uh, we, we would be due, I suppose, for a revival and we desperately need one. You know, one of the things about revival that's really a glorious work and why it's so beautiful is that people come to Christ. And when they come to Christ, they begin to follow after him and try to model his life. They they want to be disciples of his and make their lives really shine for his glory. And when the church itself gets lit up with the glory of the gospel in Christ, then the church really does what it's called to do, which is to be salt and light to the culture in which we live. 
Talking to Matthew Everhart, he's the author of the book Holy Living, Jonathan Edwards' 70 Resolutions for Living the Christian Life. Um, Matt, I'm in the middle of reading uh, The Great Dechurching, and one of the points that the authors make, it's not one of the points, it's one of the pieces of data that they use to make their points, um, is that if you add up the number of people who responded to revival in the Great Awakening or the Second Great Awakening, um, and then you look at the numbers of people who've been lost to the church uh, in the last 20 or so years, um, the one dwarfs the other. And I'm sorry to say it's the second one that dwarfs the first one. Um, so there are a lot of things that are different now than uh, early 18th century. But those numbers are still uh, humbling to think of and really sobering. Uh, so ha- have you read about that? And, and what are your thoughts? No, I haven't. But, you know, one thing that we can keep in mind when we think about revival is is simply this, that Sometimes it's not necessarily about the bulk numbers, but it's really about one or two individuals that the Lord raises up to do wonderful things. And I think that's one of the hallmarks that we see of true revival in times past, is that very often they're sparked by just one person who is bold enough by the Holy Spirit to actually stand against the lies and the evil of the culture. Interesting. And sometimes when just one person stands up and begins to speak out, that person, by God's grace, has the credibility of a holy life that enables them to then draw others forward with them in what we might think of as a revival movement. So even if we're totally standing against the culture and it seems hopeless and despairing when we look at the statistics, yet we could be just one uh, George Whitfield or Jonathan Edwards or Martin Luther or Charles Spurgeon away from seeing God work again in our own day and time in a glorious way. So I'm hopeful for that. We're talking with uh, Matthew Everhard. He's senior pastor at Gospel Fellowship in Valencia, PA. So, Matthew, so we can't create revival, but someone can spark it. Is that what you're saying, Jonathan Edwards? Um, that can happen if someone has that passion and the power? Well, you know, the power and the passion does come from the Lord. And so, again, we just want to rehearse the fact that it's only the Holy Spirit who can make revival take place. But yes, very often when we see these revivals, it's very often um, demarcated by some particular individual or perhaps even an event, a moment in time. Thinking of the revival that I know best, the First Great Awakening in the 1740s, we think back to Jonathan Edwards's sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, which, you know, though we may look on that as just some kind of a piece from literary history, yet um, the Lord really used that to awaken people's conscience to the reality of their sin and the salvation that we have in Christ. So yes, very often we can look back and we can say a revival was sparked by this particular moment. Another great example might be Martin Luther nailing the 95 Theses to the door of the Wittenberg Church and just taking that bold stand and hear the Lord will use a brave man or woman for his own glory and spark something like this. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, you know, let's end our conversation where we began. If at Asbury University there is someone or the raw materials there, of course, all the prayer warriors invested in that conversation and that spark, it's not to say that it couldn't happen again soon, and we're just unawares as of yet. You know what? That's our hope, isn't it? We pray for it. We'll stand for the truth against the world that is lying all the time. We will raise our children in the faith. We'll try to disciple our children and our uh, the people in our sphere of influence. We'll come together and worship in the church on the Lord's Day. And most importantly of all, we will repent of our own sin and our own hearts because no revival will ever take place in which individuals don't look into their heart and confess their sin and bring it to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
That's Matthew Everhart, Senior Pastor at Gospel Fellowship in Valencia, PA, and he's the author of Holy Living, Jonathan Edwards' 70 Resolutions for Living the Christian Life. Matthew, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great day. Our great pleasure. You as well. Uh, Matthew is an adjunct professor at RPTS, Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary, on Penn Avenue in the East End section of the uh, city. We'll take a, a quick break, come back. Uh, we, okay. I don't even know what yeah, to say, right. really. If you've heard any of our radio commercials over the last too many years to count, you know that we like funny stories that make us smile. This is not one of those commercials. I read recently that credit card balances are up 15% in the last year and that credit card delinquencies are the highest they've been in the last decade. Add in the fact that milk and gas and everything is out of control and it's a scary time for a lot of good people. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And if that's you, a cash-out refinance, pulling out some of the value your home has earned the last few years, could be a saving grace. Yes, mortgage interest rates are up, but credit card rates are about three to five times higher, which is why we've seen hundreds of listeners use a cash-out to rid the credit card debt and then save some extra aside for the road ahead. It's undoubtedly been a life-changer for many. If you'd like to chat about your situation... We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B, looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet... MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Do you find joy in helping others? Turn it into a rewarding career at LifeSteps. LifeSteps is hiring caregivers to bring joy into the lives of individuals with disabilities. Full-time and part-time positions available with opportunities close to home. No degree or experience necessary. LifeSteps offers flexible schedules, paid training, and generous benefits. Make a difference today. Call 724-283-1010 or visit LifeSteps.net. LifeSteps is an equal opportunity employer. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is killing people. It's a powerful opioid, often made illegally and commonly mixed with illicit drugs. It can even be pressed into counterfeit pills that resemble prescription medications. Just two milligrams, about the size of a few grains of sand, could potentially be lethal. This isn't an ad to scare you, but it is an ad to make you think twice. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. Legos. We still have Legos in our house. I mean, massive amounts of Legos. <laughs> Seriously. And your kids are how old? 25 and 23. <laughs> they're gigantic. We have them, I'm sure, under both my kids' beds. They're, they're still there. I haven't seen them probably for at least 15 years maybe or maybe a little less but i think if you've got a kid and probably 
more more often a boy than a girl, but although girls like Legos too, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, sure. There are so many Legos. I mean, Legos were around when I was a kid, but now they're kind of specialized. Like my kid came home from college, he had a Lego tropical beat set. Like Lego palm trees and stuff what? like that. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Which is super cool. I mean, the sets I see now are like, you know, you buy them and you make one thing. Right. Which is great. Well, it's fine. And that seems very intricate, but it's not it wasn't quite, quite as creative. It's not creative. It's just, it's uh, technical yeah. kind. Like when we, when we were kids, you know, you'd just build houses or buildings mm-hmm. and cities and things like that. I mean, literally, I'm sure I have easily 10,000 Legos. Oh my gosh. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. I have zero. You never, your kids never played with them? No, they never did. Hmm. Lex, did you play? Are you a Lego fan? I did use Legos when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I used to build all the time. Yes. It's a great thing. Do you mm-hmm. have them? Uh, I don't have them anymore, but yeah. I, you know. Some landfill somewhere, right? Uh, well, hopefully they went to another child. That... That's hopefully so, yeah. <laughs> okay, here's the, I'm bringing this up because Legos, uh, they have scrap plans to make its bricks from recycled bottles. Uh, this is from the BBC, in an effort to curb carbon emissions. Okay. Okay. I don't know how much carbon we're putting, the Lego company's putting out, but okay. I don't know. The company said in 2021 that it aimed to produce bricks not containing crude oil within two years. But on Monday, today, it said it had found that using the new materials did not reduce (laughs) carbon emissions. (laughs) Did not reduce carbon emissions. Uh Uh-huh. Lego said remains fully committed to making bricks from sustainable materials. Lego makes about 4,400 different kinds of bricks. Currently, many 4, of them. 4,000 different kinds of bricks. Uh huh. Currently, many of them are made using something as ABS, which is a plastic made from crude oil. And um, they said this is what holds together the best. So we're going to commit to making sure these okay, things are so solid. This seems like. A great example yes. of what happens. Political when, correctness yes, run amok. Exactly. So you're saying you're going to do something. This, right. To me, it's like all of the uh, American uh, fleets of cars that have committed to being all electric Everything's going in electric. 10 years. We have no idea if our grids can support that. No, we we have no not. idea what, how somebody who lives in an apartment building would charge an electric car. We and how much coal are we going to have to burn yeah. to power all these electric cars? Like it's like we put the cart before the horse of all the time because it's a social issue. It's not really a, a practical issue, right? Did you watch the Steeler game last night? They yes. were running those commercials for electric cars, yes, and they weren't Teslas. You know, these were right. mainstream right. cars. Right. These little zippers were just flying around. Yeah, it's here. I mean, it really, truly is here. And most people who are looking at buying a new car. I would imagine it's going to tip quickly in the majority of electric car sales. I was going to have to, especially yeah. in ten years, if that's all they're if that's all they're making. But so, but all these other questions I brought up, we're just going to figure that out when we're so desperate. We're you know. so. Is it going to be a net gain to be? I don't in, think so. Do you think so? because you think about all the energy, enjoy- the electricity requires a lot of coal burning, right? So. What about our existing electric grid? Even if places where there, not good. There's no way it could support Mm -mm. everybody in your neighborhood having an electric car. Look, from my house to a telephone pole on the street, it's a little tiny wire. That's how fragile the whole thing is. It's so incredibly fragile, right? 
I mean, millions and millions of people live in the suburbs with their little house connected to a little telephone pole that goes down a wire to, it just seems unsustainable. Can you imagine the type uh, of reorganizational system it would take to just do a city like Pittsburgh? People who live in apartments, duplexes, that sort of thing, separated, their car separated from them by steps. What kind of charging situation could there ever be that would make an electric car feasible there? It feels in some way like a moonshot. Yeah, right? completely. Like and yet we've already decided. We already decided. It's going to happen. Well, I mean, you know, to be fair, when Kennedy said we're going to the moon, that was 1961. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 but the difference is that impacted a very small number of people and associated industry. It didn't impact every single household right. in America. But the difference was that was government. This is private enterprise. So follow the money. And so maybe people are going to make this work because you see the end game there. The money's huge. Can you imagine someone going along like Murray Avenue to like hook everybody up for electric, electric cars? cars? I don't know. That's never going to happen. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Being committed to your health. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Authorities are allowing residents of the town in Maui devastated by wildfire to return for the first time in seven weeks. Residents of Lahaina who survived the wildfire on August 8th are eager to see their devastated properties and collect anything that might remain. Authorities divided the burned area into 17 zones and have started handing out passes for today and tomorrow. We still are at 97 fatalities. 89 people have been identified and we have 15 outstanding investigations. Hawaii Governor Josh Green. We'll make sure that people have a chance to go to their properties starting on Monday. Uh, to get closure. Maui Emergency Management Official Daryl Oliveira says it's sure to be an emotional moment. For many of them, they have lost everything, including loved ones. We want to make this process as comfortable and as easy on them and keep them safe. I'm Jennifer King. The Dow is down 24 points. The NASDAQ is ahead 23 points. This is SRN News. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk, and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's $5,000, $50,000, or $500,000, we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 
800-575-6745. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at TRA.com or call 800-575-6745. That's 800-575-6745. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. Hey, everybody, Greg Laurie here from A New Beginning. You know, we're excited about our partnership with a OnePlace.com app. You can listen to my messages anytime, anywhere, even offline, without Wi-Fi with the OnePlace app. Now more than ever, don't you think we need to get God's Word into our lives? So let His Word fill you with hope in your office, in your home, or in your car, or wherever you are at oneplace.com. Take a deep dive with Truth For Life Bible teacher Alistair Begg in his new book titled The Christian Manifesto as he navigates Jesus' famous Sermon on the Plain. In this instruction from Luke's Gospel, Jesus teaches that the values of God's kingdom are vastly different from the values of our world. How do we embrace them? Request The Christian Manifesto by Alistair Begg at truthforlife.org slash donate. Cloudy skies expected for tonight with a shower in spots will reach a nighttime low of 58. A stray shower tomorrow, otherwise cloudy skies, high 66. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 56. Wednesday, clouds followed by a brightening sky will reach a high Wednesday of 68. Thursday, cloudy skies with a shower in the area and a high of 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Wait a second, I want to show you something. Uh, this is on my uh, my phone screen. Look mm-hmm. at this. Oh, is that... Uh, See the buffalo? That's yeah. Yellowstone. It was I couldn't think of the name of Yellowstone. It just popped up. It looks very I mean, incredible. I, if anybody would say, get the car right now, we're taking a trip. Yeah. What, wouldn't that be just, let's just go. Let's just go Every, somewhere. Let's take a trip. Yes. Instead, we're not. <laughs> no. Instead, we're not. We're st- going to sit here. Okay. If you were going to go to a national park right now, which one would you go to? Uh, I'd like to go to California, to the Redwood National Park. Okay. I, I think w- that's a great idea. I want to go I way out love, there. I would love, love, love to do that. I want to drive cross country. Okay. Slowly. I think the three of us could do. I feel like we get along well. Oh, we'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lexi, what uh, national park would you like to go to? Uh, Joshua Tree. Oh, Oh, yeah, that would be nice. Mm -hmm. What you? I think I'd like to go to Arches. Uh huh. We could stop at Arches. Where's that color? I think it's Utah. Utah, right, right. I think it's Utah. If you were going to take a road trip, you would have to have like. If I would drive, I'd like to have like a 1970s. Lincoln Continental. Oh, like the one that feels like a sofa, that right. kind, like the way in the seat? back, way in the yeah. back, right? There's all this, so you're like, 
you can take turns. So because someone's riding shotgun, they got all this room to hang out. Right. Somebody in the back, and then the driver's like driving with like this massive ship yep, wheel. You're... Boom, boom. <laughs> right? Okay, but your gas costs Who cares? would be very, very high. We're not going to go anyway, so I can spend as much money on well, gas as I want to. It's such a negative note. No, I'm just saying. Wouldn't that be great to do? What that? about if we did the show from the road? Mm-hmm. And wherever we were, we just started driving, the three of us. Yep. And wherever we were at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's what we do. That's where we would do the show from. We'd be in the middle of who knows where. We wouldn't. Right. We would have no plan. We'd just be like, here we are. Oh. <laughs> well, we would like that, but no plan is bad radio. Right? Well, yeah. And I'm listening to uh, the sports guys today. Uh, one of the guys was phoning in live from Las Vegas. Oh, that Vegas. didn't. I heard Did you that. Hear that. That didn't work out very well. That's happened but, a lot. But they don't have Lexi. We're, we're, yeah, Lexi yeah. would fix it. Remember, I was broadcasting home, and I couldn't get the thing to work. Yeah. Remember <laughs> how many times, Lexi, did I say, hey, John, look at the knob on your microphone? How many times did I say that? There were several times where I was like, hey, John, FaceTime me and show me what, what like, you're looking at. And he, <laughs> he ignored me uh, and then finally FaceTimed me, and it was like... <laughs> oh, you guys are so perfect. Excuse me. Uh-huh. John, I love working with you, but man. <laughs> the voice of a younger generation. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Pittsburgh Public Schools uh, made a four-day work week or four-day school week because of the excessive summer heat. Oh, it's too hot to go to school. Right. And I think it was Come like 93. Yeah, we went it might have even been 87. I don't even think it was 90. Anyway, and so all the kids stayed home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand schools can be hot. Um, but it looks like, according to a report in ABC News today, that more schools are adopting four-day weeks. This is the end of civilization. I think it is, too. Okay, so this is an, a, uh, an article reported from Independence, Missouri. It's a Monday in September. And with school clothes, there are three kids in a household. Their last name is Parente. One is 13, one is 7, and one is 10. And they're talking about how great it is because they don't have to go to school for three whole days. Okay, what? Because there's no school on Friday. But their mom, Brandy, who teaches French in a neighboring district in suburban Kansas City, is frustrated because she keeps finding herself looking everywhere for activities to keep her head, her kids entertained mm. and off their iPads and everything because she's working five days a week. Yeah. But they're only going to school four days a week. Wait, is she working from home? Yeah. Well, no, she's working from school, but she has she's trying to come up with something for her kids oh, to oh, do oh. because she has a mandate. You can't be on your iPad all day. Yeah, that's right? good. Um, hundreds of schools, apparently, around the country have adopted four-day weeks in recent years. They're mostly in rural parts of the U.S., western parts of the U.S. The districts cite cost savings and advantages for teachers' recruitment, although some have questioned the effects on students who already missed out on huge chunks of social development, on academic furthering and everything during COVID. Right, of course. The the test scores support that. Math, English, all that. The math scores are the worst they've been since something like 1971. Probably forever. It's the biggest drop we've had since we started taking data on math scores. It's going to be that meme. You're so dumb. I mean, that's really, you know, that's going to happen. I mean, we're not helping ourselves here. So this article focuses on uh, the additional complication of parents who have jobs. And of course, their jobs are five days a week. 
Yes. So their kids are now in school four days a week. Although, and so now there's the day five, which is a wild card. Isn't there a drive now for four-day work weeks as well? No, there is, but mm-hmm. not for these people who are talked to in these articles, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she said that she had to take days off. Of course, we all did this when, when our kids were little, those of us who worked. Um, if somebody had a rash, somebody had an earache, somebody got you know flu right. or something, you couldn't Measles. go to work because you had to stay home with your Sick kid. kid. Um, but this is getting extra complicated because it's not just taking a day off when your kid gets sick. It's taking a day off when your kid gets sick, plus that other day that your kid's already home. Mm. You know what I mean? And maybe you have two other kids who are also home. Anyway, she said, I want my kids in an educational environment. I don't want to have to pay for somebody to babysit them. I want them to be in school. So wait, so you're saying... From the school district's perspective, it's purely a cost saver. Yes. They're saving on busing, yep. right? They're saving on lunch, any number of things. Okay, are you ready for this? Yeah. 13,000 school districts in America are operating on a truncated schedule. Really? Are they doing Zoom school or just no school? No, no school. Yeah, that's not going to end well. That yeah. really is not. I, I, but there's, an, you know, now there's no college requirement, no admissions, no testing to get into college. So you can right, do so you, you don't want. have to worry about how you do on no, the SAT right. or ACT. The right. only thing you have to worry about is when you get to college and realize you don't know anything, and you can't pass your basic level math classes. Right. Which is we have we've had how many articles about that. In the last three months. Listen, uh, back to the ABC News story. In Missouri, the number of districts routinely getting three-day weekends has more than doubled since the pandemic hit, from 12% to 30%. Holy 30%. Some Missouri lawmakers have pushed back, arguing students need more time with teachers. One failed legislative proposal would have let students in four-day districts transfer or attend private schools with their home districts picking up the tab. So basically, if you come from a family, it's just going to exacerbate the problem we already have, which is if you come from a family that has motivated parents, they can get you to a school where you have a five-day work week. But if you're in a family that rural is, school is a rural school or parents who are uneducated or parents who are working too hard and can't keep up with their kids, then the kids who are behind are going to get even more behind. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be going to school only a fraction of the time that other kids are going to school in third grade. That sounds horrible. Those poor kids. I mean, this was a real – this article was a real – wake up call to me. Yep. I just I did not realize that there were 13,000 districts across the US that are not going to 5-day school schedules. I know this is an age thing. I think but I truly I believe the older I get, I feel as though I was raised in the golden era of America, right? Where you showed up, you had an education, you had a job when you were a kid, you did your work. I mean, things have changed yeah, super no quick. Kidding. Okay, we're going to talk about church and what people think about that and you. 101.5 WORD. Pastors and ministry leaders, Word FM would like to say thank you for all you do to serve God's people and our great city. Come have lunch on us Thursday, October 12th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress. It's our Pastors and Ministry Leaders Appreciation Cruise, a free event for senior and associate pastors, ministry leaders, and their spouses. Enjoy fellowship, a great meal, and beautiful views of our city skyline. Free tickets will go fast, so reserve now at wordfm.com. Sponsored by Capital Ministries and Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary. 
This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers with back taxes to the IRS. Billions in tax relief is now being made available to struggling taxpayers, giving thousands, even tens of thousands of dollars in savings away to those who qualify. If you're facing wage garnishment, threatening letters, audits, liens, levies, or already in a payment plan, you can now expedite the resolution to your tax problem, end collections, and even qualify to reduce a large portion of what you owe. Stop IRS Debt has established a relief hotline for you to call to check what savings and options you qualify for. Dial 800-759-3413. With many people facing job loss and rising cost of living, these special IRS initiatives are designed to aid delinquent taxpayers with the relief that they need to get a fresh start. For a free consultation to see what savings you qualify for, call 800-759-3413. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bales stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. People always ask me, why should I call Mr. Ruder Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner, Bob Bill, learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Ruder. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412-RUDER2 today. There was a time in American society, not that long ago, where someone would say, oh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Brown? Well, they're a good church-going family. You know, there's someone you can trust. Where do they go to church? Oh, they go to Faith Lutheran. Oh, oh yeah? Yeah, well. Okay. They, they, go to, they go to Emmanuel Episcopal. Oh, all right. They must have their act together. You can, Yeah, those are people, good, solid, upstanding citizens. Well, now our next guest, Dr. Ryan Burge, who's a regular guest on our show, from uh, Eastern Illinois University. He's saying that this is the trend is happening, that it's the opposite. Oh, the Brown family, well, you know they go to church. Uh, I don't know, that's a little shaky. You should be careful about those people. They uh, they believe in God. Ryan, uh, welcome back to the show. Is that really what your, what your data is showing? It's showing that Americans do not trust their fellow man. Question is, generally speaking, would you say that most people can be trusted or that you can't be too careful in dealing with people? Really? And the share of people who say you can't be too careful now is nearly two-thirds of Americans, while less than 30% of people say that other people can generally be trusted. So you're twice as likely to be distrusted as you are being trusted in general American society today. Wow. How quickly has that happened? 
Well, in the 1970s, the, those two numbers were pretty close. 51% said you can't be too careful, and 45% said others can be trusted. 70. So pretty close, like a five-point gap. Now yeah. the gap's a 30-point gap. So it's definitely gone pretty quickly in the other direction. One of the things I thought was interesting in looking at some of your data is that Democrats uh, looked at things a certain way three decades ago, and now it's almost flipped perfectly. And now Republicans are looking at it that way. Can you talk about what actually the data points to? Yeah. So back in the 1970s, Republicans were more likely to say people can be trusted than not. Uh, Democrats have never been that way. Democrats have always been distrustful of other people. Um, but now Republicans, so it used to be about 40% of Republicans said people can't be too, you can't be too careful in trusting people. Now it's two thirds of Republicans believe that, which is higher than Democrats today. So it used to be Republicans were even more trusting the Democrats. Now they're even less trusting of Democrats while Democrats basically stay in, in the same spot, right? Around 60% said people can't be trusted. Do we have any idea what accounts for that? Oh man, where do you want to start, yeah, right? Well, um, okay, so let, okay, let's so let's it's dip, a waterfall. Let's dip our toe in. Yeah. So I mean, obviously the media is a big part of it, right? I mean, I think we can't forget the fact that the media does not report on the planes that land safely every day and yeah. on time. Right. You know, that's a boring story, right? A uh, pastor does not rob money from his church, nor does he sexually assault anyone in his congregation. You know, no one watches that story. The stories you hear are the stories that, that are the bad stories that get the clicks and the likes and the retweets and the views, and that's where the revenue comes from. And so I think the more you hear stories about murder, the more you go, holy cow, there's lots of murderers out there. When actually if you look at the violent crime rate in America, it, it was it was dry, it dropped dramatically from the 1970s to you know about five years ago. Now it's crept up a little bit since then, mm -hmm. but it's nowhere near what it was in the late 1970s. But the perception is the reality, and the more we perceive you know crime and and theft and and fraud, the more we think that other people are just not to be trusted. Hmm. What about us? What about believers? Do we fall in line with the rest of society that people are untrustworthy? Well, the interesting thing about that is that the the typical conventional wisdom, if you look at the data from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, what you see is that the more people attended church, the more likely they were to say that people can be trusted, um, which makes sense, right, yes, from a course. social science perspective, right? The more you're around people, the more you are trusting of people, especially if the group that you're around is different than you in terms of income and education, and race and politics, because you realize that other people are just people. You know, they're not out to get you. They're not bad people. They're just people. Yeah. And unfortunately, what's happened in the last 10 or 15 years is that the more people attend church now, the less likely they are to say that other people can be trusted. Hmm. Um which is a really scary development. No, wait, 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 wait. I need, I need yeah. you to back up. So the yeah. people are saying that people who go to church are no, no, no. The people who go to church themselves are more think, often, yes, aren't trusted, like aren't trustworthy. Else. Yes, think we call the interpersonal or trust. They have lower interpersonal trust now than people who attend never. So never attending people are actually more trusting of other human beings. That's crazy. Than yeah, it is crazy, and it's actually a really, really caustic thing for democracy because yes. you can't live in a democracy where you walk around every day like giving people the side eye, think I'm going to get mugged or, or shot or stolen or robbed or raped or killed. And that's what we're seeing more and more is religious people are more skeptical of their fellow man than they've ever been. Mm. So what does that mean then? If, if we're the same as everybody else and we think the worst of people, I mean – 
clearly so much for you're the salt of the earth. Right. We're not so deep in our faith. Everybody's a suspect. I mean, that's got to be horrific to society and just the natural sort of fabric of who we are. Yeah. So what I think is happening is that, you know, religious spaces used to be really diverse spaces. Even in the 1980s, if you went to any church, any white Protestant church or Catholic church, even you were just as likely to sit next to a Republican as you were a Democrat. I mean, they were evenly divided in those days. And you saw people in the pews who were from every social rank, every educational class, and everyone just kind of sat together and got along because church was this kind of grand melting pot of all different kinds of, of humanity. And now if you look at what church has become, the liberal churches have become more liberal. The conservative churches have become more more conservative. And even if you look at in, in, in terms of education and income, the people who are most likely to go to church this Sunday are people with four-year college degrees making between sixty dollars and $100,000 a year. So even that's becoming a monoculture. Um, I was reading a book about John Rockefeller, who was a, a Baptist, a very you know staunch Baptist his entire life. He went to church every Sunday. It was the only social event he went to when he was a billionaire, really? and people mobbed him at the door asking for money and, and, and pictures and everything else. They asked him, why did you go to church? He goes, because it's my only chance to talk to a blacksmith or a mechanic. Mm. I never get a chance to talk to the average person anymore. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, church is not full of average people anymore. It's not full of John Rockefellers and blacksmiths. It's full of a bunch of upper middle class professional folks. And it's pretty easy to be distrustful of people that we don't know. And church is full of people that are just like us now. Oh, man, that is a sad story. Okay, so then the numbers then support this, that church is filled with higher income, higher educated people. And those are the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty sad reality, honestly. The, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. said that, that Sunday morning is the most racially segregated hour of America, but I think it's the most educationally segregated hour of America. And income, you know, socioeconomic status segregated part of America. And the people who could actually benefit from church the most are ones that are not there. I think that people forget that church is a social service organization. Sure. Yep. You know, it's people helping other people. Like yeah. I always joke that I don't need AAA. I've got ABC USA. That's my my denomination, American Baptist Church. If I break down in a random town and I find an American Baptist Church in that community, I'm going to call the pastor. And mm -hmm. you know what he's going to do? He's going to show up with yep. probably three people to jack up my car and fix my tire. Yeah. Um, people forget that like church is a way to do life together in a way that makes your worst days not so bad. So That's true. our job. Yep. So and true. the problem is when we're full of all people who don't need help, then we get we atrophy. You know, our ability mm -hmm. to help atrophies because we have no opportunity to help other people. I think it's a really sad state of affairs for American democracy, American society and the American church. But we've become so you know, homogenous as the way we are right now. Yeah. I mean, Kath and I talk about this all the time, right? You know, what do people do who don't go to church? Because, you know, when you're in trouble or you need something or whatever, you're really willing to help out. Yeah, and one of the things you need is access to people who are different ages than you yep. and of different socioeconomic category than you. Um, and if you don't – if like if the John Rockefeller example, if he says this is the only time where I can meet with a blacksmith, well, Sunday might be the only day that I meet with somebody who's homeless – which is why I go – one of the reasons I go to the church I go to. Yeah. Um, so you have to put yourself consciously in that circumstance right. and say, I want to be at a church that's filled with people who are going to challenge me. In a lot of ways I find pleasant and a lot of ways I find unpleasant, but I'm going to trust that that's long-term growth for me. Yeah, wait, this is a small sidebar. Okay, I'm, I'm, it's interesting. So this Rockefeller book is a new book. I've seen this as well. Uh, when I lived in New York City – I would uh, uh, work at the Rockefeller estate, 
And a couple of times, like on the back porch of the Rockefeller estate, that's where all the bartenders hung out. John D. Rockefeller would come and hang out and just, you know, spend 20 minutes or so to get away from the crowd. And he was a good guy. He was also a teetotaler, too, by the way. So yeah. the idea of the bar just sitting around with the bars, he was a he was a really interesting guy because he his his people convinced him that he should become an Episcopalian because huh. that's where the rich people went was the Episcopal Church. And he goes, no, I'm a Baptist. I'll be a Baptist <laughs> till the day I die. I love and he it. really stuck to that. Like he went to wow. the Euclid Avenue Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio, and he really supported that church till the day he died. I was looking it up. They tore it down in 1961. Which is, you know, sort of like a sad commentary of what's happened to American religion is these great, you know, m- temples of worship don't exist anymore because guys like John Rockefeller aren't giving to religious causes don't anymore. Don't support it. Yeah. The Gates and the Musks, we're not going to do that. Dr. Ryan yeah. Burge is with us. He's the author of 20 Myths About Religion and Politics in America and also The Nuns, Where They Came From, Who They Are, and Where They're Going. Um, Ryan, I'm going to bring this up because we're going to talk about, you know, our own, uh, the, the soup we swim in. But I wonder if that lack of trust also has to do with a lot of things you hear on radio these days. I mean, uh, the last 15 or so years, it's just been a lot of preaching from the microphone. I don't mean preaching from pastors at the microphone. I mean, from talk show hosts at the microphone, um, just talking about how evil the other side is, whatever that and other side, not. yeah, whatever that other side is. There's a, there's a theory in social science called social contact theory, which is this idea that, if you know someone from an out group, then you are more tolerant of that group overall. Yeah. You know, for instance, let's say if you work with a guy who's a Muslim, you are going to become more tolerant of Muslims because you know that your buddy at work is a good dude yeah. who works hard, loves his family, and wants democracy to flourish, you know, in his community. And what that does is it makes you more amenable. You don't see them as a, as a totem, as a symbol. You see them as real people okay. with real needs and wants and desires, just like you have. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think the problem is if you never surround yourself with people who are different than you, your mind creates the worst version of those people sure. and then strongly dislikes that version of them. Mm-hmm. You know, Democrats and Republicans aren't that far apart on all kinds of issues. But if you hear them talk about it, you think that each side thinks the other party is going is evil and going to go to hell and we'd be better off if they were all dead. That is not at all what's happening in America. Most Democrats are very reasonable and sensible. Most Republicans are very reasonable and sensible. It's just the five percent who are the craziest on both sides get all the airplay now. And they tend to drive the conversation when most people just stand in the middle and go, I don't believe this and I don't believe that either. Let's come to a reasonable compromise on these issues. Amen to that. Okay, so I don't want to end the conversation, Ryan, because there's a lot of despair here that we could chew on. But there is some goodness in this, right? I mean, bring us home to some point of like, oh, okay, we're not as bad off as we may think. Is there that? Yeah, there's there's a recent study that came out that studied 40 million Facebook accounts. And what it was looking for were people found um, economic diversity. The strongest predictor of you moving up the economic ladder is you being surrounded by people with economic diversity because they can help pull you up the ladder. They don't You don't find it in schools. You don't find it in neighborhoods. You don't find it in work. The one place these researchers found a lot of economic diversity was in houses of worship. Even today, even though we've still become too much of a monoculture, people are much more likely to be exposed to differences in church than they are any other aspect of their life. So we still got that going for us, although I think it's fading very quickly. There's still hope there that you can be around people who are different than you. Hmm. Ryan, thanks for joining us. I mean, as much as you gave us some sad news, I think it's sad news we need to hear. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I'm a prophet of doom, but also a prophet of hope sometimes, guys. Hey, speaking of a prophet of doom, um, how'd your Cardinals do this year? 
Oh my gosh, that's not cat. <laughs> I've had a twenty-year stretch of unbelievably good baseball. Yes, you have. I know. That's why. Look, it. I can't think of the last time the Pirates finished ahead of the Cards, so I just right, had to bring right, it up because right. I wanted to feel good for a minute. Thank you, Ryan. Wait, hey, wait. There's wait. always next year, guys. Okay. Wait before you leave us. Give a plug for your book. Uh, so uh, the Nuns version two came out in May. I've got a book called The Great Dechurching, which came out in August with Michael Graham and Jim Davis. We spent oh, almost a hundred thousand dollars on three surveys to understand people who used to go to church every week and now go less than once a year. What's their motivations? Why they left? And what could bring them back? That book is out in hardback copy right now. And I've got a book. I'm working on a textbook right now about the American religious landscape. It's called The American Religious Landscape: Facts, Trends, and the Future. It should come out next year through Oxford University Press. Excellent. I'm right in the middle of the great dechurching. We did a whole hour on the book uh, yeah. last week, end of the week two before. Ago, yeah. yeah, two weeks ago on our show. And uh, so that's that's a really, really instructive uh, book. And that's just to name one of the ones you've been involved in. Thank you, Ryan. I'm You're proud to be part of that book for sure. Very, for very on, unique. Yeah, love your perspective. Okay, we'll take a, a quick break. We do come back. It's the daily feature. Does this make sense? That's next in the right on. The truth is that our college years are really pivotal, and it's a time to discover and to cultivate, and if you're so inclined, to see where God leads you. And that's why we're excited always to talk about Grove City College. I think back to being an undergrad myself, and early on, I mean, I wanted to get a job, but I wanted to get uh, good grades. And then somehow during, you know, in the middle of my freshman year, I started thinking, why do I want to... Like, what's the, what's the, oh, of course, I want to make my parents happy, but you're in college. Maybe your parents don't care as much about your grades at that point. Is that really enough motivation is that I just want to have a no. 4.0 or whatever? Is that Not grades only. I, I, I don't think it can be. I know that a lot of people look at college that way and think, well, if I get the grades then I get the job. But the thing I love about Grove City is that it puts learning in a larger context. Yeah. So it's great to get good grades and it's very important to get a job. But what about curiosity, sparking curiosity in your student that makes you want to dig deeper into a subject. Maybe it's not even your major, but something that helps you to appreciate God's creation and just what has been established on earth for the purposes of praising him or knowing him better. I know that's the truth of Grove City College. To know who God is, to know who you are meant to be, to pursue your purpose and joy. GCC.edu urgent Camp Lejeune settlement message. On September 6th, the government announced it will soon begin providing fast, guaranteed settlements to Camp Lejeune Marines, families, and civilians. Awards will range between $100,000 and $550,000, with an option for higher amounts. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and suffered cancers of the bladder, liver, or kidneys, leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's, or kidney issues, you may qualify for compensation and could be paid within 60 days after accepting your settlement with your VA benefits fully protected. You may be entitled to a significant financial award for your Camp Lejeune claim, but you must act now. Call the James Harris Law Camp Lejeune helpline now to get the compensation you deserve. We're already fighting for thousands harmed by the water at Camp Lejeune. Call now or you may forever lose your right to be awarded a settlement between $100,000 and $550,000. For your free evaluation, call 800-320-7171. That's 800-320-7171. 800-320-7171. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iHeart TuneIn and Odyssey. 
Cloudy skies expected for tonight with a shower in spots. We'll reach a nighttime low of 58. A stray shower tomorrow, otherwise cloudy skies, high 66. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 56. Wednesday, clouds followed by a brightening sky. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 68. Thursday, cloudy skies with a shower in the area and a high of 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. It does what make sense? Fake maple syrup. I mean, like your log cabin, your yeah, Mrs. Butterworth's, mm-hmm. yeah. Aunt Jemima. Now listen. I mean, it'd be nice if everybody could afford a Mercedes. It would, because that's a pretty nice car. But most people can't. I have a Chevy Equinox. It'd be nice if everybody could afford real maple syrup but most people can't so i don't mind the alternative mm-hmm. the secondary because if you never had i mean when you do have the real stuff you go oh that's pretty nice but like you know week to week on a sunday or whatever right. mrs butterworth or whatever like i grew up with Cairo syrup that's tough i mean first time i had maple syrup i was like what the have i died and gone to heaven <laughs> you mean aunt jemima yeah yeah just the regular Cairo syrup. So, I mean, seriously. Real maple syrup? Love it. That makes perfect sense. Mrs. Butterworth? I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. Okay. Were you saying it doesn't? No, I'm saying it makes all the sense oh, because good. in some way that I'm not, I, I don't understand it. I'm kind of ashamed of. I like it better than maple syrup. Oh. Like if you're if you're saying, hey, Kath, would you like to have Aunt Jemima's or would you like to have real maple syrup? I'm going to go the low rent route. Huh. I'm not saying it's good for me. No, it's mostly sugar. I think it's probably completely artificial, but I find it delicious. I can't tell you the last time I've had anything like that, like pancakes or waffles where I had to put syrup on. Right, me neither. I think we were together the last time. I think we went to the original Pancake House. That's the last time I think I had it. All right, does this make sense? Cough drops. Throughout this long journey of this <laughs> thing. That you've had since May. I've never had, I, I haven't went out and bought myself like a bag of cough drops. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I go, my wife's like handing me, here, here. She puts one in my hands. And as soon as I put it in my mouth, I go, oh, that's pretty good. It's kind of nice, I huh? like it. But I never think, it's just not, you know, I never think to buy one. So do they make sense? They, or, make, they make so much sense. Well, wait, now. They make, I just got a new brand over the weekend. Changed my whole day Is yesterday. It like the Smith Brothers. Isn't that all sugar? Yes. Like, right? But so, they are so delicious. So it's like... like How about Ludens? How about Wild Cherry Ludens? Oh, that's nice. Bring those. We were talking about whorehound drops. Yeah. Or Fisherman's Friend. Fisherman's Friend when you're sick. That's like... That's, that's the firepower. Yeah. That's the firepower. I, I, I had a, a real Ricola yesterday. Not a lemon mint. But that's my wife. Isn't that good? Yeah. It lights me up. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it totally makes sense, John. Yeah, it does. And Aunt Jemima's and all that. I'm, I say yes. I like to have some waffles. Maybe for dinner. That'd be good. 101.5 WORD. Get ready for an unforgettable night of laughter with the hilarious comedian Jeff Allen. I'm in my chair at home. Every man, you have a chair, don't you, sir? Darn right, you have a chair. If you ever went missing, they give a cushion in that chair to a bloodhound, wouldn't they? <laughs> 
find that smell. Don't miss your chance to see Jeff Allen's comedy tour. Are we there yet? And then they revive the dog and send him on his way. Word FM presents Jeff Allen Friday, October 6th at Impact Christian Church, Moon Township. Tickets and Word FM fan club discounts now at wordfm.com. Hey, John, many have responded to help untrained pastors in East Africa, and I'm so grateful. I'm trying to imagine how many pastors we could reach if we could hit that goal. Every pastor that you train, a partnered friend will match your gift, doubling your impact. Untrained pastors in East Africa need your help, and this is the last week. Now is the time. So call 833-4-HELIOS. Go to wordfm.com or call that number 833-443-5467. trained six pastors. $25 a month. Over 12 months will train 12. Call 833-443-5467. That's 833-443-5467. Or go online at wordfm.com. $150, a one-time gift, trains six pastors. $25 a month over 12 months will train 12 pastors. WordFM.com, please. Go there now. Urgent Camp Lejeune settlement message. On September 6th, the government announced it will soon begin providing fast, guaranteed settlements to Camp Lejeune Marines, families, and civilians. Awards will range between $100,000 and $550,000 with an option for higher amounts. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and suffered cancers of the bladder, liver, or kidneys, leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's, or kidney issues, you may qualify for compensation and could be paid within 60 days after accepting your settlement with your VA benefits fully protected. You may be entitled to a significant financial award for your Camp Lejeune claim, but you must act now. Call the James Harris Law Camp Lejeune helpline now to get the compensation you deserve. We're already fighting for thousands harmed by the water at Camp Lejeune. Call now or you may forever lose your right to be awarded a settlement between $100,000 and $550,000. For your free evaluation, call 800-299-7878. That's 800-299-7878. 800-299-7878. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The annual Walk for Water is coming up very shortly. Jan Smith is with us. She's a volunteer advocate for Water Mission, here to talk to us about that. Hey, Jan, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Talk to us about the need for fresh water. You know, I was brushing my teeth just last night, my daughter and I, and uh, before I took a trip to Guatemala several years ago, I always left the water running and I was brushing my teeth. And now we're both, so we're trying to figure out who's going to be the first one to shut the water off. Um, I, I just didn't realize. Um, so talk to us about how big the problem really is. Well, probably about a, one third of humans on this planet um, do not have safe water to drink. And more people than that actually are lacking adequate san- sanitation. Wow. So, I mean, it's a huge problem when you consider that our bodies are like 80 or 90 percent water. You know, if you're taking in water that's filled with bacteria, going to have some serious health problems. So it's it's a huge problem. So but Jan, there's hope. There is hope. Right. So that's why you're the advocate for water mission. Talk to us about water mission and the advocacy work that you do for fresh water. 
Yeah, Water Mission brings safe water to people all around the world. Um, they bring safe water to people who have suffered in disasters, such as the war in Ukraine or hurricanes or earthquakes. Um, they bring safe water to people who are living in refugee camps. Mm. So they are really transforming the lives of people in places that don't have safe water. I I can tell you, maybe I should be a good time to tell you about a story about some people in Peru and the difference that safe water made in their lives, you know, before and after Water Mission did their work. So if you don't mind, I'll just launch into this story about... um, a village called San Roque in the uh, Amazon region of Peru. And, well, first of all, I can tell you the Amazon region of Peru um, is its a very remote place. Um, I've been in the Amazon region of Bolivia, and I know firsthand how difficult it is to, uh, to you know, bring safe water to a place like San Roku. Um, there's a lot of water in this part of Peru, but and so much that there's really not roads. So everything you do has to be done by waterways. And the other important thing to remember is even though there's tons of water in this village in Peru, it's not safe to drink. Um, you know, so for decades, families in this a small village of San Roku, Peru, they used contaminated water from the Amazon River, and it caused, you know, crazy, deadly illnesses. However, living in the Amazon rainforest, they really had no, um, they had no choice but what to drink this contaminated water. So I, I, I can tell you through the eyes of two different people, I'd like to just tell you about Yerma and Doris, and how safe water coming to their this village in Peru has made a huge difference. Yerma um, was born in San Roku, and she is now raising her three kids in the same village. And I, I have a quote from Yerma. Her quote is, when I was growing up, there was never safe water. A lot of little kids died from water diseases. Later, when I was a mother in this village and my own children had parasites from the bad water, it broke my heart to see my children suffering. Mm. Okay, now, fast forward to 20 this year, and Yerma does have safe water to drink for her and her families. And she says, and I quote again, I'm very proud to be a part of the Safe Water Project. It has brought change for my family and for my community. I want everyone to have treated water like me. We're talking to Jan Smith. She's a volunteer advocate for Water Mission. Um, You know, those are sobering things that you're telling us, Jan. Uh, Talk about how, uh, is this a a situation that you actually go yourself? Is this something where you're asking for community involvement? Um, What can our listeners do to be a part of it? Well, they can participate in the Walk for Water. Oh, the Walk Um, for Water. And and, and what's that? And when is it going to be happening and where? 
Um, it, it starts in Millvale Riverfront Park. Okay. And, you know, we're looking for walkers, or if you can't walk and want to donate, um, that's fair game, too. Um, I can tell you the uh, website to register. It's pretty easy. Okay. It's www.walkforwater, all smushed together, .com forward slash Pittsburgh. October 7th is the Walk for Water, the annual event. And Jan, you're going to be there. Uh, we hope our listeners respond as well, because is there anything more important than clean, mm-hmm. fresh water so to true. ensure viability for all of us on this planet? Yeah. No, it transforms lives totally. Yeah, well, that's you terrific. Know. That's Jan Smith. She and her husband are the co-coordinators of the Pittsburgh Walk for Water. As she said, it's coming up Saturday, October 7th. Uh, you can register walkforwater.com forward slash Pittsburgh. Find out more information there. Thank you so much, Jan. We need that fresh water. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 Plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B, looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet... MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that'll pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65 plus. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Former CIA officer and survival expert Jason Hansen here. I teach people how to prepare for the unexpected. Right now, most Americans are not ready for the death of the U.S. dollar. You have money sitting in cash, and if you don't act soon, your financial future could be at risk. I have partnered with Advantage Gold, the number one rated precious metals company in America, to release my new digital dollar survival kit that's 100% free for everyone who calls today and claims your free survival kit. Simply call 800-900-8000 and give your email address, and I will have this new digital dollar survival kit sent to you immediately. Call 1-800-900-8000 now and claim your free kit, and also mention my name, Jason Hansen, and see how you could also qualify for $1,000 in free silver. Supplies are limited, so call right now before it's too late. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Not only is it annoying, but that leaky faucet can cost you a lot of money. Your retirement accounts also go drip, drip, drip. Even small fees can add up. Combine that with taxes and all of a sudden you could have a pool in your basement. Kirk Kenotic and Ethan Lane and their team at Accurate Solutions Group can't help you with that leaky faucet. But they can help you fix those leaky accounts so you're not paying more in taxes and fees than you have to. The first step, get a copy of Kurt and Ethan's Retirement Tax Guide. It'll help break down the confusing world of retirement taxes. You'll also learn some strategies to help make sure you don't pay more taxes than you have to. To get your free guide from the Accurate Solutions Group team, text TAX to 412-515-3355. That's TAX to 412-515-3355. Don't let any more of your hard-earned dollars go down the drain. Text TAX to 412-515-3355. 
412-515-3355. Accurate Solutions Group cannot give tax advice. Please consult your tax professional before acting on any advice. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. You have a prenup? <laughs> Do you have a prenuptial agreement? No. Mm-hmm. Why, you trust your husband implicitly? You're, you're committed to this marriage. Is well, that the I deal? just felt like there was something about the marriage covenant that would mean that we had to learn to trust each other. Did that ever come up? A prenup? No. <laughs> a prenup. We, okay. had, I'd say my we wife. had two nickels That's when exactly. we got married. I'd say, I could, yeah, you can have six cents. I'll take, right. I'll exactly. take four cents. That's exactly. a dime between Are us. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, prenups, uh, a big thing. Americans embrace prenups by 50% of adults. Half of U.S. adults say that they are open to signing a prenup, according mm-hmm. to new data. Um, why does it matter? More fiancés, millennials in particular, want to protect their assets before they tie the knot by signing prenups, uh, the contracts previously linked only to the rich and famous. 50% of U.S. adults say they uh, somehow support the use of prenups, although about one in five married couples do have a prenuptial agreement. One in five? Mm-hmm. That's up from last year oh. when Harris Poll found that 42% of, poll- of Americans polled said that they would do this. Now it's up to 50 Right, sixty-six percent of people on the dating app, <laughs> which is uh, yeah, the league, whatever that is, who responded to a question about prenups, say that they are open to signing one. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, if you're signing a prenup, no. let me just say that there's something foundationally that you both have not agreed on when it comes to marriage. Yes, and you probably shouldn't do it. I would imagine the people who sign prenups, whenever there is discontent or an argument, it comes up. I bet it does. It's used as a tool. It would have to be. Right? Well, I've got the prenup, so you can do what you want to do or whatever, right? Right. Or maybe even the the discontent around said prenup, right? Did you want to renegotiate your prenup after 10 years in mm-hmm. or 15 years in? And so there's always an escape hatch. Mm -hmm. There's always planning for when it doesn't work out. The, yeah, like the inevitable. Yeah, so I can leave. Right. It feels inevitable, doesn't it? Right. You've accepted the fact that it's not going to last. Right. So this is my golden parachute in some way. I'll protect. I mean, you can understand why some people would want a prenup. Of I'll course. Protect me. But that. But don't you think that means that you're not you're not agree. There's some. You're not agreeing to an essential element of marriage, right. which is the fact that we are going to trust each other implicitly, and we are going to be trustworthy. Each one of us. Right. But prenups. I'm sure the genesis of it created by wealthy men Mm -hmm. to protect their huge assets so that they could kick their wives to the curb when said time came. That's right, when they needed the younger model. So then the lawyers came in and they were like, hold on there, let's uh, let's protect some uh, assets here Mm -hmm. to make sure when said time as you lose your looks or your desirability and you get kicked to the curb, you're going to have something to fall back on. Right. I, I don't have a problem with that. But just like regular people, you and I, Doing the prenup thing? No, it's, no, it's that just, seems it's, a little shaky. But I feel like it's linked to our conversation with Ryan Burge, which was at 510. And he was talking about the uh, 
uptick in untrustworthy. Right, right. It, it in the it, it's hard it's hard to come up with the right words for it. There's an uptick in people that don't trust other people, mm-hmm. and it's not a couple blips. It's like an incredible surge over the last two decades in people who do not trust other people. And two so, thirds, two thirds of us is that what he said? Yeah, two thirds of us don't trust each other in, yeah. in civil society. I wonder if the uh, Senator Men- Menendez, uh, if he's got a prenup. I mean, that's maybe that's all those envelopes of cash around the house for the prenup. Just well, in case. there's no prenup, so that he took. Well, you get a bar of gold, and I get a bar of gold, oh, honey. Right. Nadine, just sit down, and we'll just hand out the bars of gold. I don't know. I I think that if we don't trust each other in society, we don't have the same level of trust for our teachers, our priests. Our pastors, so then why our would you elected trust your officials. Or your wife? Why would you trust the person you're dating to be a good spouse? <laughs> yeah. But that is that portends a tragic society. Right. I mean, you know, uh, you're, if you're watching, if you like, like you and I, if you're a regular viewer of pirate broadcasts, either radio or television, you hear the ads for the lawyers. Like all guys who live, which is like the total opposite. Like anybody who's but listening. The, to, I, lo- I love the all guy yeah. male firm or right. the law, all, all guy law firm. Right. Because they're family. Right. Because we're family. And they're going to come for you. And, we're gonna gonna, protect- and he says protect your assets right. about eight different times sure in does. a 30 second spot. All right. And I'm thinking, you know, I laugh every time they come on because I'm thinking like, you know, a bunch of guys like me sitting around eating a chipped ham sandwich on white bread with pickles going, yeah, there's my assets that my <laughs> she's going to try to get from me. Right. Oh, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, I just think it's I think it's really sad. Bring up. All right, speaking of um Steeler games and pirate games where you hear a lot of these ads. There was an unbelievable pirate game a couple of days ago. That, that was a great game. So they were behind 9-zip. I gave up. I, I had tuned in. I gave up when they were behind. Really, it happened so quickly, the runs. Was it Se- the, like the third inning they were behind by nine? Second inning, they were behind by five. Wow. Um, and I was like, yeah, I think I'll just move on. I've been down this road too many times exactly. before. And then later on in the evening, I was like, what? Look at this. So they were down by nine runs. The Pirates have been around the team since like 1881. Right. This is the largest deficit they overcame, a nine-run deficit. They had they scored thirteen unanswered runs, which is fabulous. And all I can say is I have it recorded, and oh, I'm going to go gonna back it? and watch it. Not tonight because there's too much football to watch yeah. tonight. But okay, speaking of football, last night was the Steeler game, mm-hmm. um, and okay, they won. They got the W. They got the W, and I had a really big weekend. I had a, a big birthday party for uh, our daughter on Saturday night. I had work yesterday. And then I had a wedding yesterday afternoon. So I was super excited to sit down and watch the game. Yep. I made it a quarter and a half, and I fell asleep. Oh, you gotta get up there. I hate myself. Right, that's okay. So? Well, things started out shaky. Okay. Things started out like they have been these last several games. Well, first down, we're going to run up the three middle, and, out, and three, we're going to exactly. get nothing. We're running through, we're running through, three and out, three and out. But then Kenny got a little comfortable in the pocket, but even more so, Kenny Pickett became mobile. Oh, started running. Well, thank goodness. He started to run and took off. There was a great play that was called back because of a penalty. I mean, he gained easily 30-plus yards, but it did get called back. But he looked good, and he was hitting his targets. Seriously, okay. a big step up from last week. Okay. Gigantic step up. The defense looked good as well. Early on, I was thinking, 
this is going to be a bad game because they are both going three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And you think, All right, we're going to Najee's going to get fifty carries and he's going to have sixty-one yards. Najee, pretty much. Oh, he still it still wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's the second running back? Yeah, uh, looked a lot better. Okay, he did. Uh, thank God for our kicker. Field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal. I mean, so you stayed up for the whole thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did because you know I'm I'm a member of Steeler Good, Nation. Good, yeah, I, yeah. So yeah, I was rooting for them, and but it's not exactly inspiring football. Well, that's okay. It's, it, it's it's still early. early. It's early on. Right. It's early. If this it was be if this was December and they were it's playing a young like team, this, there's a lot to learn. Right. So I I think there's still reason for optimism here. I do. I'm optimistic. Yeah. Great. Okay. So I I was planning on watching it tonight. You should watch it. But the the Eagles and the Bucks are on at seven fifteen. Well, come on. And I would really like to watch that. And then there's another game on second, and that's Cincinnati <laughs> and somebody I can't think of who yeah. Cincinnati's playing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I think maybe tomorrow night I'll have to reserve. For the okay, that's game. fine. You know they got the W. I know they got the you W. Just watch the I highlights. Want to see the D- no, because I, no, that's no fun to watch Three the highlights. Three plus hours that you're gonna suffer through that, and I'm no, telling you what's it's going a, on. No, because there's a win at the end. Yeah, it's still a lot of suffering. No, I know. I, I want to watch it. All right. Okay. Hey, the show's over. Thanks for being with us. Uh, you can find us on the web. I bet you will. Or on Facebook, you want to say something to us, okay? We're there. Have a good night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.